fascinating discussion with Vikas. I learned a lot, especially around the connection between Hinduism and also mental health, and also um, what does the what does the Hindu Hinduism faith basically teaches us about how to stay patient. Vikas showed lots of different things, and it was a really interesting discussion on around how does it affect him, how is he using his own spirituality to look after himself, and also he provided useful tips for people who might be interested in listening to this area of the podcast. Yeah, Julian, I think uh, I agree with you. Fascinating discussion. We just uh, apologize in terms of the quality of the recording for today. Vikas really gave his time. Uh, he's, uh, he was on emergency call and he went straight and came back and did that interview in his car, uh, uh, or that podcast in his car. So we are really grateful to him. So, uh, and hopefully you're going to find some value in this podcast. Operate and take them off ventilators by putting an airway in the front of the neck. So I had to come and sort that out this morning, which was unexpected. So um, we've just done that and finished. So now I'm on the way home, hopefully, to be on call from home. But how's everything your end, Riyad? Are you okay? Yeah, Looking good, good, well? good. So thank you very much for, for coming. Uh, yeah, so you, you're happy we go ahead with the with the, with the with this, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy if you yeah. anything you want me to discuss or ask, yeah. I'm flexible. Yeah. I look through the questions, so I have answers pre-prepared yeah. in my mind for all of them. So that's fine. So I hope you don't mind me doing it while I'm driving. I'm on hands-free and everything's safe and legal. If you're happy. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. As long as as long as, as, long as you are happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm always happy. I just thought it's easier rather than doing it when I get home because it would take me 20 minutes, half an hour or so to get home. Yeah, yeah, great. Great, Vikas. So, um, yeah, so probably, uh, I'll, I'll probably introduce you, Vikas. Uh, so, uh, again, yeah. th thank you very much uh, for coming. So today we are, we have the pleasure and the privilege to talk to Dr. Vikas Acharya, who's a friend of ours. Uh, we've known him for a long time, especially he's very much part of uh, OM Group, which is a young people's organization in the Hindu community in Luton, working across communities. And so what we know about the OM Group, they won the Queen's Award uh, about four years ago, Vikas? Yeah, 2014. Yeah, so, yeah, time's gone. So uh, very uh, impressive organization. We've been working together on, 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 on many things. So Vikas uh, is bred and born in Luton, went to Petridge High School, and also uh, was from Luton Sysform College. He studied medicine, probably you've heard us uh, talking earlier. Currently, he's an... ENT uh, surgeon, yeah? but he also did uh, neurology and he studied at University of Exeter. So we are very privileged to have some of these uh, young adults in Luton working uh, so hard. Because I I'm quite tempted to ask this question before we, we go into our subject. How bad is the situation at the moment, or especially for emergency workers or doctors like you with COVID-19? It is a very, very busy and difficult situation. This will be the toughest pandemic, epidemic, whatever you want to call it. It will be the <clears throat> most difficult disease that this generation of doctors will ever deal with. It's um, a nasty disease which can affect anyone. It spreads based on the um, hope that humans will be the vector to transfer it to others because the highest phase of it being most viral is when we don't have any symptoms so when we're completely well 
so you feel well, you don't realise there's a problem, you carry on going out and touching things and seeing people, etc. And it preys on the vulnerable in the sense that if you have medical problems or are very old or have other issues, then you're more likely to be affected. But equally, it can affect people of all ages and ranges. And what we found is that if you get ill with it, you can become very sick. And becoming very sick meaning that there are young people who are unfortunately passing away. There are old people who are surviving, which is nice. But there's no real science to it and no real data. The situation is really bad because <clears throat> it's causing a direct problem by causing people to get poorly and ill and having issues, but indirectly also. There are people with cancer, there are people with heart disease, diabetes, having strokes at home, etc., who can't get access because they're scared to come to hospital or feel that it's too busy for people to um, uh, come and seek medical help. So those people are also suffering. Um, it's putting a lot of people under pressure. Emergency care is affected because COVID patients are coming in. So I think it's not just COVID-19, what it's doing directly to individual people. There's a whole bigger picture around it. What it's doing to people who don't have COVID-19 is equally important. That's the key thing. And the hospitals currently are dealing with other issues other than COVID-19, yeah? Or is that... They, they are. Emergency stuff. So, for example, I do emergency ENT surgery. So, sore throats, um, children put things in their ear, nose and mouth. People have swollen difficulty. People who've got fish bones stuck in their throat. Lots of different things. People who are bleeding from their nose. Um, we're getting busier because people are at home. They're not seeking health advice earlier and therefore when they come in they're actually a little bit more sick than they normally would be. They've just they've said the same problem three months ago. They might have seen their GP or come to A and E sooner, but they're waiting because they want to make sure that they're not burdening the system. And my advice would be if you feel poorly and you can't manage at home you should seek health care input as normal, earlier rather than later. Mm. Uh, that's some good advice. Uh, I, I will, uh, because this, this uh, podcast is very much about uh, spirituality and mental health. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah, tempted yeah. to ask you this question now, I, um, as probably there's a lot of stress going on at the moment, especially for people like yourself. So how are you managing that? And what, what, what are you doing, especially? So look, I mean, healthcare in general is stressful at the best of times. And everyone has good days and bad days. Sometimes you can have a good week or a bad week. But it's very rare for you to have months of badness. Um, and that's what this disease is going to actually manifest to all of us. So, you know, mindfulness, wellness, spirituality, it all stems from this supreme being and having a belief in a higher power, having a belief in oneself to be able to manage, to be able to cope. And I think all of that is very much on the individual and their support system. So, for example, um, I live with my wife and my sister has now moved in because she doesn't want to put my parents at risk because she's exposed to COVID patients. So we're all in it together. Everyone has their own experience of COVID and their days are very dependent on how the day goes. Um, may see COVID patients, may not, may have direct contact for hours on end. Um, for example, I operated on a COVID patient and so I was exposed for four hours. So everyone's day and experience is very different. Um, I think what we need to remember is that it's important to have a hobby, to do things when you're not at work. 
So, for example, and I'm not, I'm trying to continue doing things that keep me busy, such as new rotors, emergency provisional planning, you know, emergency guidelines, so things like this. Lots of TV, Netflix is getting used a lot, trying to go for walks when I can, enjoying the weather from the garden, little bits like that. And I have lots of colleagues who are, you know, still able to do that and exercise or um, doing a lot of Zoom calls, video calls and quizzes and things, being self-isolated and following the government guidelines. Sorry, I think the signal was intermittent. Yeah, so this is it. Some of my lovely nursing colleagues are working 12, 14 hours a day. They're dehydrated, they're exhausted, they're broken people. And, you know, it's particularly more difficult when we see our own colleagues, our own friends, who end up being people that we're caring for. So it's very different and very difficult because sometimes we're, when it's people who are the, the, the Joe public, we care for them, we love caring for them and we look after them as if they're our own, but they're not our own people. And there is easy to have that little barrier which separates emotion from your professionalism. Mm. But the situation is as such that some of the people being looked after by my colleagues are their own friends, are their own work colleagues. So it can become very difficult to differentiate and keep the boundary. And um, I mean, everyone has their own spirituality and wellness. Some people are meditating. Some people said to me, it's ridiculous that places of worship have been closed um, because people can't worship together. They can't um, pray. They can't have their own spirituality. And I said, well, one way of looking at it is that it makes people more mindful and spiritual at home because they now have the opportunity to do that within their own household, which they may not have had the exposure to. So one way to look at it is that, okay, closing all of these places of worship is bad. However, a positive is that we now have million places of worship because people are able to focus on having a place of worship at home. So that's one nice thing to look at it and meditation, yoga, all of these apps, technology has enabled people to bridge that gap. And I think that's something that lots of my colleagues are doing. Um, you know, they're sharing their stories with each other. They're using Zoom and virtual resources to be able to pray and meditate. And I think it's beautiful. There was Easter um, and the weekend before last, there's Ramadan starting. So I know several of my colleagues who are from different faith backgrounds they will still be observing their religious and spiritual um, uh, conceptual beliefs, but just modified to be able to deal with this pandemic. And it really is nice to see how people have come together in the community to support and emphasize that. Yeah, I think, you know, you make a really good point around um, behavior. You know, our behaviors are, you know, I thought that was quite really useful to hear around the modification, you know, we're changing, we're adapting, isn't it? Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to ask you, like, what what do you think the links are, say, particularly in, say, Hinduism, that um, encourage certain behaviours to look after, sort of like your resilience? What would you say that that that, that are important for you? So, for me personally, I think it's important to during this especially this trying time, to think about love, patience, teamwork, understanding. And there's lots of different um, scriptures from all religions who emphasize that. 
but particularly in Hinduism, in the Bhagavad Gita, which is about Lord Krishna having a very in-depth conversation. It's essentially a poem, but it's a very in-depth mm. conversation. Um, it's a scene from the Mahabharata, which is um, you know, a war which we felt happened decades, uh, centuries and centuries, like thousands of years ago. And in that, Lord Krishna is speaking to Arjun, who's one of his devotees, who's mm. about patience, about courage, about working together, about fighting, fighting for what's good, not fighting for the benefit of fighting, but fighting with a purpose, the purpose of the greater good. So with every short-term pain, which we're enduring now, we will have death of loved ones. We will have stressful days. We'll be crying. We'll be possibly sick ourselves. What we need to remember is the greater good, the benefit for humankind in general. And I get a lot of comfort in thinking about spirituality in the sense that, you know, the human body could be thought of as a vessel. The soul is immortal. You know, when we were born, we came with nothing. When we die, we'll judge each other on what we've developed and what we've needed short term by having the materialistic things, the monetary things, and me included. Like, for instance, I wanted to get a new car. I thought, oh, it would be nice to have a nice car to be able to do it. But that really, my car's purpose is to get me from A to B. It's just that I tend to use my car. My tend to use the car as my office, but it could be any car. Um, the benefit of having these things are luxuries, but essentially, you know, our loved ones who may pass away, our friends and family who are going through tough times, they should always be forever in our minds as well as in our hearts because it's the time that we spent with them, the time that we loved with them is the benefit of what we've enjoyed. And actually, they're the thoughts, the meanings that we anticipate being um, positive experiences for us. It's not essentially that body or being. It's, it's the, whole, the whole part of it. It's the whole story. It's all little bits of the jigsaw put together which make up a person and that's what makes mm. up the story and that's what makes us mm. comforted. And I get a particular comfort from Hinduism in knowing that I may not be as practicing and devoted as many of my friends and family, but I believe I like to think of myself as average and average is not necessarily a bad place to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we, we often remember spirituality and God and religion during the toughest times. Mm. Uh, it's, very, it's very easy to forget during the good times or we make ourselves busy or we, we are unable to dedicate time. But when there's tough times, people seem to remember. And I think this is a nice example because this has put everyone's life on pause. It's given everyone a slow down stop clock to reset themselves, to decide what they want to do. And despite the horrible things that are going on in the hospitals, you know, we... We, we have it reasonably under control. And it's given the general public a chance to have the comfort of the safety of their house, TV, internet, to be able to think about their next business venture, think about spending 30, 50 hours a week extra with your family, which people don't have the luxury of doing. Mm -hmm. So within that, it gives me yeah. comfort in knowing that people have that chance and opportunity to think about spirituality, think about religion, think about peace, think about mindfulness. Um, I've seen lots of posts on social media where people are thinking about, um, you know, 
learning how to be personal trained, learning how to be spiritual, learn how to be mindful and learning how to um, endure things which they've never had the opportunity of doing. And I think that all links in together because it, for me, I enjoy and get pleasure from seeing other people's progress and success and happiness. And it's amazing to see pictures of people with their family that they've not had the opportunity of doing, Zoom calls with family from all around the world. And, you know, we, we were able to do that six weeks ago. We chose not to do it. Yeah. People chose not to do it because they were busy to do it. And now they have the opportunity and the time. So I think that this reset will really change normality for us, I hope, long term. It's nice that another part for me, you know, my spirituality and scriptures teach me about equality, diversity, about putting others before yourself. And it gives me much pleasure and comfort in seeing how uh, the general public are acknowledging and accolading the NHS staff more than ever before. You know, the NHS exists as a single point of care for the public, and it has done for over 70 years. But it's been a, it's been a, it's been a granted, isn't it, for people, especially my age. You know, it's, we were born into the system, and it's normal. We expect it. You expect to see a GP. You expect to see someone for your neck lump or for your sore throat because we pay our taxes, right? We deserve it. That's, it's our right to have it. But actually, we're one of the only countries in the world who has this kind of system. And, you know, despite there being a high death rate, despite everything going on, no one has had to pay or claim on insurance whereas elsewhere in the world. And we are so privileged and humbled that the public are, you know, acknowledging this. Um, I'm not saying it hasn't been acknowledged before, but it really is truly meaningful for the staff. And nobody expects pay rises, nobody expects to get knighthood. But what they would like is that the mindset of people understand how privileged we are compared to other places, that we can't take this for granted, we can't waste resources. And I think, um, I think there'll be a big shake-up in the system long-term from this. And I hope that the faith that the public has long may continue in the system because, you know, everyone has a choice of doing something else. We have colleagues who have become nurses, doctors, dentists, pharmacists, but do something else because the system, you know, breaks them. And I hope that from this, we see positivity come out as a result of it. And I really hope that long-term our friends, our family remain positive and spiritual and the things they've been able to do during this period which they previously weren't able to can become part of their daily routine. I certainly think that it should become part of mine and you know the excuses I've made for the past few years where I've been busy but I've made myself busy um, in reality I'm I'm quite busy still even during this period you know because Despite working less days, the hours are more tiresome. And at home, I'm equally busy doing admin and then you have your home life, etc. So I think that, personally, for me, I need to make more of an effort to incorporate that as part of my daily living. And I'm looking forward to that um, once this is over because it should be a good journey for everyone. Mm. 
Uh, I'm tempted to ask you another question. I mean, you, you being a doctor, like a scientist in many ways, do you find it a challenge to talk about spirituality um, or religion in, in, your, in your place of work? Or do you find, how do you bring those two together? Do you feel like there is a complete dichotomy within this debate? Or can these two be integrated? And in terms of patient care, can that add more value to them? But I agree with you, Riyadh. It's science is science, religion is religion, ethics is ethics, and politics is always kept out of it. But in reality, all of these things are merged into one because as a human, your beliefs are multifactorial, our knowledge base is gained being multifactorial perspective of how we work together as a team, how we believe, how we act, how we learn, everything is combined. And what I think is that um, you can't have religion without some science and you can't have science without some spirituality, especially in healthcare. Mm. Because people who are you know, suffering from cancer at the end of life, not everyone is religious in the sense they have a defined tick box religion. Mm -hmm. um, many may be atheists, but everyone has some sort of spirituality. And when it comes to these difficult times, I think people do have faith and belief. Mm -hmm. They might call him or her different names, or they might have no name. But one thing's for sure is that people get a lot of comfort in being spoken to about spirituality, about philosophy, about mm -hmm. love and in some cases about religion, which tend to give people comfort in their most difficult times. It is a taboo subject, Riyadh. I have to say, when you talk about science and you talk about religion and you talk about who created what and you talk about, um, you know, as a scientist, as a doctor, do you believe it's difficult to talk about? It is, because in the hospital there's people from various backgrounds, people of various faiths, and sometimes religion and discussions of this divide people rather than actually bringing them together. But that's because of humankind. We've made it as such. Whereas if we talk about spirituality, if we talk about uh, being united and having faith without defining names or ways of practicing, um, actually we can really bring things together for our patients, for ourselves, for those we love. And for you know, the general population, because most religions observe some sort of fast, whether you call it Ramadan or Ramzan, whether you call it Lent, whether you, whether you call it Shravan in Hinduism, in Judaism they have their own equivalent, and even many atheists now fast, so, and that's for spiritual reasons, you know, to cleanse their body. Uh, people do the 5-2 diet, where it's not actually for calorific benefit originally, but it started for body cleansing and mind cleansing and spirituality. So there are there are actually lots of similarities more than there are differences. The differences are made in people's mindset where they think things are wholly different and therefore aren't able to um, bring these things together. So it's very it's very interesting to think about it in that sense actually, I think. Uh, just just a quick one. We, we see a lot of people, you've just mentioned earlier with COVID-19, uh, it attacks people, especially with what we call underlying issues. Yes. Do you think that also, we also talk about uh, with fasting and all of that, there's a cleansing that happens in the body. Now, people, yeah. do you, would you reckon that at some point that if 
you're, if you are overly stressed and if you, if you like have maybe something like trapped emotions in the body, that is also a form of underlying issues that actually could impact on somebody's immune system and, you know, they are more prone attack with to COVID or any form of virus. So. We know that stress in the immune system is vast. So people who are stressed, people who work late hours, who um, don't sleep that much, all these things are variables. And the more variables that we can control, the better the immune system, the better our health outcomes are. It's not just about physical health problems. So when we're stressed and we're under a lot of pressure, we are a bit immunocompromised when you're tired. You know, when people get coughs, colds because they're working too hard, they're stressed, they're busy. It's the same thing. We know that the immune system responds to that. Coronavirus is a virus indeed. And despite it being so nasty and aggressive, the asymptomatic bit where you catch it, where it's the most highly contagious, uh, you know, so it's um, really a combination of making sure that we are stable and uh, well balanced and people who fast and do all these things for benefit should do with um, with the emphasis on making sure that everything's balanced. So having a healthy diet is good rather than having five unhealthy days and then not eating at all for two days because that won't benefit anyone. It's about having it in proportions and having it balanced and making sure that things are in equality. Um, having stress, having burdens, working very hard, having health issues, all these things. So when you count up lots of small factors, small factors combined can actually be worse than having one big factor. So you may have diabetes, but if your diabetes is well controlled and you have a good diet, you exercise regularly, you lose weight, your diabetes may not affect your life at all. Mm. But if you, similarly to me, you work long hours, you're busy when you're at work, you don't have a good balanced diet, so you don't eat or drink for a long period, and then you suddenly have a really big meal late at night, you drink Red Bull or Coke and stuff like mm. that, mm. despite not having any underlying background, I'm developing something in the background, in the pipeline, that later on is probably going to affect me. My mental well, well-being, my physical well-being, and these things combined will probably sooner rather than later mm. make me more prone to other things than otherwise would have. In this current context, what would you advise to people having mental health issues? Uh, what what would you tell them? What uh, what's what's your message yeah. to them? It's a difficult time now, but it's a challenge that we're all facing together. We know that one in four of us have mental health problems in the UK anyway, and that may be depression. It may be having uh, bipolar disease. It may be schizophrenia. It may seasonal affective disorder or sadness but we are in different times at the moment so those of us who have these conditions which is no fault of our own understandably may be feeling worse off may be having a flare may be having a relapse but equally we are all able to develop new conditions and problems whether they're temporary or permanent we're all allowed to feel a bit sad and down and depressed about being at home not being able to see friends and family not having a normal routine we thrive on having a normality and a routine. For example, people usually get ready, get dressed, go to work, that, that commute in, the socialization, all these things have been suddenly stopped. You know, It's not like there was a phase where you went in for three days, then one day, it suddenly stopped in a short space of time. These things, challenges at home, not being able to 
have the freedom to be able to do what you want when you want, going to a restaurant, going out. These things all have a small effect on our mental health. And watching TV doesn't help because you then get stuck in a routine or pattern of not having a routine or pattern. And I think the way, the best way to be able to prevent this is to try and maintain as much positivity, routine and balance things as possible. So it's nice to say, OK, I'll still wake up a bit early or at my normal time rather than staying awake too late and waking up late. I mean, whatever works for you, but it might take a few days to get used to deciding what you want. Going for your walk, um, coming home, doing things at home, having healthy uh, food at regular times as you normally would rather than just snacking as and when you need to and um, being able to do things in your garden you know reading having virtual calls with friends and family watching tv there's so many different options learning new skills or languages or crafts these are good things to do but it's a combination effort it has to be lots of different things being done at the same time because it can suddenly become very boring and very upsetting if you're um, just doing the same thing so variety is key and it's completely normal to feel that way it's not your fault to feel sad and tearful speak to friends speak to family speak to people in your community and regular interaction with people is going to be the way that we can um, stop ourselves from spiraling downwards I mean I think I think it's really important and important for me I think I can see where the links are between, you know, faith, spirituality, and science. Um, meaning, there's nothing. There's actually there's actually a lot of joined up sort of thinking mm. going on, especially around what you were saying around the behaviours, around the recommendations about the variety of choice, good lifestyle, and I think, you know, that's where we can see sort of like a bit of familiarity with our identity and say actually these things that we are encouraged by what our kind of like the guidance to say, mm. look, to, you know, have a bit of nourishment, if you like, psychologically, to build yourself resilience, you need to do, you, you should be able to do, you should, it's recommended that you do a range of things and you've just mentioned a lot there. And I think that's where the faith and science for me connects in that sense. I don't know how you see that. Yeah, I think I agree that these connections are important to bring everything together and bring everyone together. And we often have taken it for granted before. And now's the time that we're able to unite it and bring everything together with each other, doing things like this, um, learning and sharing experiences together. And I think that's the way that we're all going to be able to get through this together, together as one. I think uh, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you guys. We are very lucky to have uh, people of our age uh, of your caliber yeah. in, in Luton. And I think what I've taken a lot from that is also you talk about a lot about routine, discipline, which I think yeah. is a key message to take uh, forward. So we wish you and wish your family um, uh, safe. We pray for you and hopefully. We're going to meet soon again. Thank you. I hope so. I hope so. The privilege has been mine, actually. It's been such a pleasure to come on here and speak to you guys. And I think it's a fantastic um, thing to do on a regular basis and for all of us to tune in to something different. 
to speak and hear about different things, to learn different things, open our minds up. And now is the opportunity for us to do things we wouldn't usually do. So I look forward to tuning in regularly and I'm open to anyone wanting to engage in a dialogue regularly. And I think that all these short term things about staying at home, not seeing friends and family are really going to make us appreciate things long term. I think you're right. All this time, what we've been meeting is always in cultural events or faith-based events. And we never probably had a chat at that yeah. level where actually we are taking the benefit of your experience as a doctor and sharing that with, with others and that, that they can benefit from. And I think that's what you've been talking about today is COVID-19 is offering that opportunity to us and to rethink about how we engage in a relationship and the quality of relationship we engage into. I think so, and I, and I think that even from this discussion, I've learned quite a lot, which I'll be able to take back to my family, friends, and people I work with, so I look forward to doing that, and looking forward to seeing you guys in the, in the flesh soon. <laughs> thank, thank you very much, because Take care, guys. Bye. 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 So that was a great discussion. I think, uh, although we've been having some um, issues with with with, uh, with internet, and uh, yeah, so I think that that was quite deep for me, Juliet. I've taken some notes while talking to Vikas. I think that there was some really good points he made. I think the first thing he talked, he he used the word luxury two times. So he talked about having the luxury of a car, of a new car, and then he talked about the luxury of time and family that we, we, we've lost. And I think that, that, that was something very poignant for me uh, he, he raised. Uh, I don't know what, what, what are your thoughts. Yeah, I, I, for me, I was thought it was, you know, for me it was two, two kind of things that stuck out, for me, um, stuck out for me. One is about the faith connection when he was talking about patience, about the stories around, I think, was it Lord Krishna? Um, where he, he resonated with that, especially around patience. I think that was really, really powerful for me. And the second bit, you know, as a psych, someone who's in psychology, was around modification. It's the way we are changing and adapting our behaviours according to the conditions. And I thought it was really interesting to hear actually exactly. And, you know, the lastly, I didn't, I forgot to mention it to him, but, um, you know, I was thinking about it because it started playing on my mind for the podcast. But when he said, when things were getting too close, basically, when you see your colleagues now on the, mm. you know, in, in the hospital beds, very different to the to the public because yeah. now it's personal, now it's close. I wanted um, to, yeah, wanted him to, you know, to say, look, you know, thinking about you guys at this moment, I can't be easy. Um, so, they, yeah, the, for me, there's three things, actually, in the end. One is about the connection around um, where the faith comes in and what it teaches Hinduism is teaching us how to cope in this difficult time. Think second thing is around behavior change, around modifications, how we have to adapt. And thirdly, we have to forget, we have to remember that this is personal. We're in it together in that sense. Mm-hmm. This is not a customer. This is someone who's going to be close to us. Can so, yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah. But yeah, those, those three things stuck up for me. Yeah, and I thought also, I think that, that that was a good uh, piece of advice he also talked about, um, that people, if, despite lots of people are holding at the moment, not seeking the right sort of help, medical help that they need, and that can have a bigger impact where oh, yeah. on the A&E. 
So I think that people need to talk to their doctors and see and carry on with, with their healthcare rather than waiting and feeling that they're going to be a burden to the system because then it can, it's counterproductive. It adds to, 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 to the backlog of work. And also, I think he talked about appreciation about the NHS, that doctors, mm. and I think that's very true because a lot of time there's always been complaints and, and, and all sorts. And today, suddenly, the NHS workers, we are celebrating them as heroes. I think that brings very deep sense of how we react emotionally to things and how we have to be a bit more emotionally intelligent about how we go about our daily interaction with life and how we have to appreciate also every single member of the community uh, because we are interdependent beings. And when you look at what he talked towards the end about meeting with people, uh, especially from a mental health point of view, how key is that? Realize the value of human being and human interconnectedness is so key. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that, you know, while this is going on, this, you know, hideous disease, uh, we have to remember the human being and the human aspect in all this. And what he was saying around actually, you know, about equality, yeah. saying we're in together, we're faith, that's the only way we're going to do it. When we work together, we're going to, we're going to, we'll overcome it in that sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really, really encouraging. Uh, especially someone who's basically seeing, you know, death and destruction every day, you know, um, more than more than I do in that sense. Yeah. Um, in, you know, they, they, they're still very much um, telling people to keep positive, keeping yourself, um, you know, doing things that help keep, your, keep your mind, keep your body, but also your mind active. And also he said to accept, you know, um, sadness. Yeah. It's normal. Part and parcel of human experience. So I thought it was really, really good talking to because it was really useful. I think that was very useful. Yeah, I hope we could get him another time, especially today. We've been very lucky because he had to go for an emergency operation and he still came and gave his time and, and really keen to talk to us. As a fellow Lutonian, we're very proud to have uh, people like that. Uh, and Luton is quite resilient in that respect. And people are, re- are really, you see the currently the amount of generosity and kindness in the community, it, it, it's unbelievable. And it, that's across board, across communities. I mean, there's hidden gems, hidden gems everywhere. Yeah, yeah hidden, hidden gems everywhere. I think we, we, we need to celebrate all these hidden gems, uh, whether they're young people and children and parents, the work that they are doing at the moment. I think we're going to bring this one to a close today. Um, so I think we got some uh, good insights from Dr. Vikas so from the NHS, from his perspective, he himself being a Hindu and how he's drawing his strength from his faith and some uh, word of advice and wisdom and compassion to uh, our listeners. So stay tuned and we'll come, we'll hope, we hope we're going to have some great, great speakers as we go forward.